Good morning, friends. My name is Trish Dietz, and I have the privilege of sharing with you this week's focus on our weekly podcast, and the subject is prayer. Well, as I prayed about the direction for such a powerful, broad topic, my thoughts touched on so many examples to me from Scripture, beginning in the Old Testament. Great examples who were able to accomplish much and see God move mightily because of their prayer life. We have Daniel, his example of boldness and bravery. David, he prayed for forgiveness for his sins and then direction and protection in battles. We have Hezekiah, Solomon, Esther. Well, they prayed for protection and wisdom to lead the people. We see the prophets who prayed for strength and bravery to warn the people of God's judgment. We saw Hannah pray for a child. Anna, she was one of the women who prayed continually, and she was in the temple as she awaited the Messiah. We see in scriptures widows, warriors, warriors. The early church, well, they were an example of prayer. Certainly, we just studied that in Acts, both individually and together. So we have from Scripture great examples for us. But the only perfect example for us in every way is Jesus. We see in our Lord a devoted and dependent example of the absolute necessity to pray. Jesus, fully God, fully man, often and tirelessly went before his heavenly Father in prayer. He needed that communion and all the benefit from seeking his Father in prayer. So Jesus set the example for both praying in private and with others, and he set that example often for everything. The disciples saw firsthand, and they asked Jesus himself to teach them how to pray. Prayer is so powerful in the name of Jesus that mountains can be moved and the darkness flees. Miraculous outcomes and answers are available through prayer. Yet it's so pure and uncomplicated that even and perhaps especially children can wield the same power and expect mighty answers. You know, it's, it's us that complicates or maybe avoids prayer. What is essential for prayer? Well, praying to the Father in the name above all, and that name is Jesus. It's essential that we confess our sins and that we have faith that God hears and is able to answer according to his perfect will. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Philippi a letter that summed up in one word, and that word is joy. Joy is available, he writes, and it's not in circumstances, for if you remember, Paul was in prison when he wrote this. But joy is always available in and through Jesus. So as we consider prayer in this podcast, the anchor verse that I'll focus on is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Paul writes, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So in our time together, I'd like to personalize and even break down these two verses a little bit. We're going to look at the problem, the solution, and the result regarding our prayer life. The first is the problem. It's a need I have. Again, that verse, Philippians 4, 6a, be anxious for nothing. Well, the dictionary definition of anxious is being full of mental distress. It's an uneasiness, maybe because of fear or danger or misfortune. You're greatly worried about something. There's uneasiness. You know, Paul doesn't say, nor does it imply that there's nothing to be anxious about. We're just not to let worrisome thoughts and circumstances wage a war in our being. We're not to let our limited perspective and understanding be guiding our hopes. We're instructed, and you know, we're actually commanded not to be anxious about anything. Perhaps for you, it's a financial need, a health concern a relational fracture, a burden for someone that you know and love to be saved. You might have experienced a hurt in the midst of a crisis. You may be lonely, have been recently suffered a loss, fear of the unknown. Really, the examples are unending. The source of anxiousness may be intensely personal or in your family. Or it's a very real, deep concern, spiritually and economically, over the condition of our country, our community, our world. Maybe it's even a lack of faith and wondering where God is in your life. So the problem summed up regarding the source is anxiousness, being anxious about something, having that fearful mind. You know, it plagues us, it cripples us, it robs, steals, and destroys. Anxious thoughts, concerns, they hit every single one of us. But we're to bring our worry, which is the opposite of peace, to God in prayer. Asking and believing that he cares for you. You know, fear and faith, it's been well said, they cannot coexist. You know better than anyone, with the exception of God, of course, what tries to creep into your heart and mind, and it's often at night or in difficult, seemingly overwhelming situations. Attempting to rob you of sleep or freedom, among other forms of destruction. But do you know what? God knows perfectly the source of your burden that you feel. And more importantly, he has the path and the means to relieve you of that weight and to actually do something about it. Prayer is the means to peace. So continuing on in our anchor verse in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we see the solution to the problem of anxiousness. The solution is uh, Philippians 4, verse 6b, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that's important, 
let your requests be made known to God. Literally, in that same thought flow, Paul tells us what to do with anxiety, with fear, with worry, with our needs, with very real concerns. Pray to God about everything. This comes in an emphatic command. He's saying basically, stop worrying about even one thing. We're told in the Bible to cast all our cares, all our cares. Don't carry them, cast them, roll them on to the Lord. He has the power and the plan to do something. He can do all things. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, sometimes it may sound too simplistic for the anxiousness of your soul. Maybe even sounds a little bit unrealistic. But we must remember we're coming to God. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. In everything, Paul says, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Supplication is to make a request. In the original, it's not just making a list. It's a strong, heartfelt crying, pleading, begging. It's that ongoing plea before the Lord with thanksgiving. Even in the darkest moments and seasons, we're to be thankful. God's grace abounds. In the New Testament, Jesus healed 10 lepers. That was an incurable disease. All 10 were recipients of the miraculous. Yet sadly, only one came back to thank Jesus. You know, that's a 10% ratio of return. Is that ratio of thanking God of 10% for what we've been given any better in our life? So the solution is to pray about everything and thank him continually. Decades ago, when we homeschooled our children, our daughter Maggie, she was in about second grade at the time. She had an assignment to read a short story in a reader, and it was about a grandfather and his two grandsons on a fishing trip on a lake on a boat. And a small storm came up out of nowhere. Well, after Maggie read that short story, she was to do the corresponding workbook page, and she was to match 10 questions. There was the problem and then solutions she was to pair up. They were questions like, okay, the problem, the boys argued about who would steer the boat. The solution was to take turns. The problem, they were hungry. The solution, they ate their lunch. The problem, the small storm came up. The solution was to head to the shore. The problem, they returned to the dock. The solution, they tied up the boat. You get the point with all 10. It seemed pretty straightforward to me. Well, she corrected her work, and afterwards she said, Mom, I got nine answers wrong. Nine out of 10. I said, okay, let's look at that. Well, she chose the same solution for all 10 questions, which was, they prayed. When the boys argued, she chose, they prayed. When the storm came up, she chose, they prayed. 
when they were ready to eat, she chose, they prayed. Well, the curriculum only chose the solution they prayed for one of the ten problems that the boys and their grandfather encountered. But, you know, I gave her 100%. Maggie got it right. We're to pray about everything. Well, that's what Paul was doing in directing us in these verses. Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. It's always the right answer. It's always the right solution, ladies. Prayer is the launch pad for a stilled, peaceful soul, for hopeful attitudes and wise actions, for provision when we have no resources to meet a need, including tangible and spiritual provision. Prayer keeps us aware of and strengthens our dependence upon and the love of God. Hebrews 4.16 is a beautiful picture of our access and the blessings of entering into God's presence in prayer. Paul again writes, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Well, lastly is the result, and it's actually a promise. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, again, I want you to know this verse, ladies. Be anxious for nothing. That's the problem, remember. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's the solution, remember. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That, ladies, is the result. Answered prayer in the name of Jesus, according to the perfect will of God, begins with a much-needed sense of peace, a peace that no ordinary human understanding can produce. That divided mind that anxiety brings it's now guarded in peace. Peace is available in and through everything. A peace over our minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. And the closer we draw to him, the more of his peace we can enjoy. God doesn't promise to change every situation to our liking. We can't see the whole picture. Romans 8:28 We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What he does promise to do is give us peace during and through any situation. Peace is a state of tranquility. It's quietness of spirit that's not tied to circumstances. If God is peace, which he is, then to know God is to bask in and rest in his peace. The closer we draw to him, the more of his peace we can enjoy. That secret place in our hearts where we go to meet with God in prayer, when we choose to live there and hide away under his shadow, staying in constant communion with him, we can remain in peace even when the circumstances may want to drag us elsewhere. When we learn to cry out to him in times of trouble and need with thanksgiving, when we find his peace 
really does pass all human understanding. We see just how almighty and good our Father is, that he is on the throne. He knows everything, and yet he longs for his children to express their need, their hearts, uh, their desires. He hears and he answers all prayers in the name of Jesus. So, where do I begin, you may ask? How do I pray? Well, we have a helper, ladies, in our prayer life, and that's the gift of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Romans 8.26 reminds us that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Take a quiet, private, deep breath in that moment before you begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and direct your thoughts. He will. You may be familiar with the acronym ACTS. It's a model for prayer that might be helpful for you in your prayer time. ACTS, A-C-T-S. A is adoration. Spend time in adoration. When you're tempted to worry, Worship God for who he is. Adore him. Spend time here. See God for who he is in his rightful place. It lifts you above the circumstances. C in Acts is for confession. Ladies, unconfessed sin does hinder our prayers. Ask for the Holy Spirit to show you your sins and then confess them. T is for thanksgiving. We are moment by moment recipients of God's goodness and grace. There is so much to be thankful for. Be specific. You know, it's a wonderful idea to write a gratitude journal as well as a prayer journal. Thank God for what he's already done in the past for saving us. Begin there. His plans for the future his eternity with him forever in heaven. And then supplication, that's the S in Acts. He invites us to express our needs. Be specific. For little needs, for big needs, he wants to help. Keep asking, seeking, knocking. Well, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior and received forgiveness of your sins— and have the hope of heaven, the solution for you is a prayer away. Maybe you've wandered away a bit from the Lord, and you just want to draw near to him closer than you've ever been before. The solution is a prayer away. Pray about everything. So in this time, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, to fill me, as I close this time together in prayer. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you. I ask, Jesus, that by your Holy Spirit, you encourage us in our prayer life. It started at the moment of salvation where we asked you for forgiveness of our sins and received you as Lord and Savior. And it will continue until we take our last breath here on earth. Lord, the need to just come to you 
to seek you, to see you, to receive that mercy and find grace in time of trouble. Lord, so thank you for the forgiveness of sins, Lord, that brings us into your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that passes understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the answered prayers that we've seen, that we're experiencing right now, and that have yet to be revealed to us. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we give thanks. Amen.